Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're on Money FM 89.3, and a lot of news coming from down under in Australia. And Australian markets had to contend with the Reserve Bank of Australia's rather dovish policy statement and decision as well. They did keep rates unchanged. In fact, hinted that we might not see rate hikes for a good uh, number of years. And also, uh, apart from a slight trim in their weekly asset purchases, the RBA seemed fairly uh, fairly uh, loose and accommodative for the most part. But despite that, we did see that the ASX 200 actually lost ground this Tuesday and not really reacting to uh, some of the supportive um, measures, at least, or supportive tone that the, that the Reserve Bank of Australia issued earlier today. Could this be because COVID-19 continues to be the biggest issue weighing on the minds of investors down under? Well, today on Money FM 89.3, I'm pleased to be joined by Mr. Shane Oliver, who is the uh, head of investment strategy and chief economist at AMP Capital. He joins us all the way from Sydney, Australia, uh, to talk about uh, the RBA's recent decision and what uh, he thinks this might, uh, what COVID might be doing to the uh, outlook for uh, for markets down under. Uh, um, Mr. Oliver, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And first off, I do want to ask how you're doing, given the rather long and tedious lockdowns that have been imposed on half of your country. Well, I, I guess I'm getting uh, used to it. Uh, <laughs> in Sydney, this is now my third lockdown. Uh, there was one over Christmas in the area where I live as a result of something called the Avalon Cluster. But mm-hmm. uh, most of the lockdowns we've experienced um, have been pretty quick. We had a six-week lockdown at the beginning of coronavirus, as most people around the world did in March, April, May of last year. But uh, life here has been pretty much normal apart from that. And the lockdowns, uh, I mean, they, they create a huge annoyance, uh, particularly upsetting people's travel plans. But beyond not being able to go on international holidays or do international travel, I'd say life in Australia has been not that far away from normal. Um, and at the same time, we've had barely any deaths and uh, very low hospitalisations connected to coronavirus. So by and large, I think most Australians think the Australian authorities have done a pretty good job of things, despite the fact that uh, we're running behind in terms of vaccinations. Indeed, vaccinations might be the name of the game, but I do want to ask, start off first, Mr. Oliver, about that head-scratcher I talked about a while ago. You know, whenever you hear about central banks and monetary policymakers becoming more dovish or sounding dovish, as the RBA did earlier on today, you'd think that that would be supportive for markets overall. But uh, funnily enough, we did see the ASX 200 actually take a bit of a step back. Um, Are you scratching your head as much as we are over here in Singapore? Or do you think that there might be another reason why why sentiment seems to have not reacted positively despite the RBA's rather supportive tone? And given the fact that the only hawkish thing they've done really is to trim that weekly asset purchase program that they had. I must admit I am a little bit surprised with the share market down 0.7% and most of the selling occurring after the RBA um, announcement. My interpretation of what the RBA did was that on balance it was fairly dovish compared to expectations. Uh, It was expected that the Reserve Bank would trim in some way its bond buying. Uh, It's done it in a relatively mild fashion. Uh, and the statement that it put out, I thought, was pretty dovish. It's still talking about the first rate hike not being until 2024, which is a long time away. Maybe the market um, 
had been rallying, I guess, and hoping that the Reserve Bank would do more. Maybe there is residual concern about coronavirus, um, given the lockdowns that we've seen lately. That could be a factor. Uh, perhaps there was hope that uh, on the part of investors, the Reserve Bank would be even more dovish. Um, it's, it's a bit hard to tell precisely. But interestingly, some of the pandemic winners were the ones that sold off the most, particularly healthcare stocks and also the tech sector. Uh, those two sectors tended to be pandemic winners. So it's, it's a bit of a perverse reaction. And I suspect um, by tomorrow, the market will have moved on to something else and it won't have a, a lasting impact, particularly given that the overall impression from the Reserve Bank is that it's not going to be distracted by a short-term spike in inflation, like the Fed, it sees in the inflation, the short-term as being transitory, and it's going to stick to its guns in terms of not raising interest rates until it gets what it wants in terms of a sustained rise in inflation back to its target zone, which at this point in time still looks to be a fair way off. Right. Do you think that this might be then uh, some sort of a rotation from those quote-unquote pandemic winners into, say, other stocks that might have just ended, unfortunately, for the ASX to, to just turn red at the end of the day? It, look, it could well be that. Uh, we go through these periods where there's a flare-up in coronavirus and suddenly the pandemic winners, particularly IT stocks and healthcare stocks, do well. And then uh, investors realise, well, maybe that was a bit overdone. You know, coronavirus is gradually coming under control and there's light at the end of the tunnel with vaccines and uh, things swing back the other way towards the cyclicals. But depending on the relative strength of those moves... Uh, it, it can leave the market up or down from one day to the next. And, of course, today uh, the ASX was dragged down by previous pandemic winners. So maybe the market is sort of looking beyond the, the current lockdown in Sydney. Before the flare-up in COVID-19 cases pretty much across Australia, if I'm being honest, uh, there didn't seem to be much stopping the Australian economy, especially uh, given the downturn last year. We saw housing prices rise. We've seen consumer sentiment really pick up job vacancies uh, decline at very spectacular fashion. And there's a lot of signs to, and the commodity price boom also supporting the Australian economy. And until now, it doesn't seem that there was anything that could really stop the economic momentum down under. Uh, Mr. Oliver, do you think that the COVID-19 pandemic might be the most serious challenge uh, that could potentially derail the Australian economy? Or do you think it's just going to dampen it and maybe slow it down a notch? To be honest with you, I'm in the latter camp. Uh, Australia, obviously, we got hit badly by the uh, lockdowns in March, April, May last year, um, with the economy contracting by almost 7.5%. But since then, it's, it's rebounded, and the rebound has continued through various snap lockdowns. Uh, in fact, uh, up until Victoria a month or so ago, there'd been eight, eight snap lockdowns starting in South Australia and various other places along the way. And the evidence seems to be we had the snap lockdown, everyone feels bad for a little while, and then pretty soon there's light at the end of the tunnel. Within five days, sometimes two weeks, we're reopening again, and uh, you know, it's, it's back to recovery. So all that happens is that demand and spending is pent up, um, as opposed to the first lockdown, the major one, the one in March, April last year, when there was you know worries that companies would survive at all. This time around, the companies have survived, people have kept their jobs, and they've just delayed their spending, and that spending rebounds um, as soon as the lockdown ends. The other aspect is that I think a lot of act economic activity has adjusted to the pandemics, to the lockdowns, that people get used to them. Uh, I, know, I know in Singapore, a similar sort of thing, that people have gotten used to working from home, gotten used to ordering more stuff and spending more online. 
and therefore the hit from each time you have these lockdowns or stay-at-home orders or whatever you call them, um, the hit is probably less than what we were seeing uh, for the, the original and biggest lockdown in, uh, in early last year. So my feeling is that, yeah, there's a bunch of zigzags going on here. At the moment, we're zigging down in Australia, but uh, within a week or so, the lockdown in New South Wales ends, and things will recover pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. We're still speaking to Mr. Shane Oliver, the uh, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist at AMP Capital here in Money FM 89.3. We're talking about his outlook on the Australian economy and markets. And that's the next question I do want to ask you, sir. Um, the lots, a lot has changed, again, being a, uh, you know, one of the biggest uh, changes, at least, down under uh, or in Australia. How does this impact your second half outlook for markets for, uh, with regards to equities and fixed income? Well, so far it's been a pretty strong year to date across markets, um, particularly in the US, it's uh, in Europe and elsewhere. It's been pretty strong. Uh, I think some Asian markets have struggled a little bit more because coronavirus has re-emerged in Asia. Like when you look at the charts of Southeast Asia, which tends to be in a big upswing at present, but um, that's that's obviously a short-term risk. But and and I think you can't rule out coronavirus uh, raising its head across Europe uh, and the US again, uh, as it is present in the UK. But with vaccination rates being a lot higher, any impact economically should be a lot less, simply because yes, people might get it, um, but there's less likelihood of hospital systems being overwhelmed and a sharp rise in deaths. So as long as that remains the case. Uh, and vaccines do their job and the evidence from countries that have seen high levels of vaccination is that they are working, including in Israel, uh, which is probably one of the most advanced, Um, then that that will enable the reopening to continue. In the meantime, you've still got a lot of stimulus yet to be fully spent. There's something like $2.5 trillion of excess savings in the US that have built up through the last 15 months um, similar issues around other parts of the world. Uh, that money will be spent. We've still got ultra-easy monetary policy uh, globally, which, of course, has the effect of making bank deposits extremely unattractive, government bonds unattractive, and, of course, uh, relative to shares. It makes shares relatively attractive. So I, I suspect we'll see continued gains in share markets. I am conscious that the August-September period is often a rough one for share markets. So, yes, we could have a correction, but I think by the end of the year, most share markets will be higher than than they are now. And that includes in Asia, because I think that Asia has a pretty good track record of getting any coronavirus uh, outbreaks under control, and particularly as the vaccination rate starts to pick up, uh, then investors will look beyond any upset from uh, current coronavirus uh, lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, very quickly, sir, before we let you go, I know that uh, given you are in Australia, you do have a very good seat to view the commodity price brooms that until a few weeks ago, people be- believed would have been the start of a potential super cycle. But might that be going a little bit too far? We know, know that China's done its best to try and get a hold on rising price pressures. And some do believe that if the supply chain inconveniences are, are eventually worked out, this will ease. What are your thoughts, given how intertwined Australia's economy is with commodity prices? Are we at the start of a super cycle, or might that be perhaps just hyping things up a little bit too much in that space? Look, it's possibly hyping things up a little bit. Um, but And I know the pandemic has caused mass distortions. You know, A lot of the initial stimulus was infrastructure-related, which led to demand for uh, commodities, you know, particularly in China. That's now slowing down, so it might start to reverse again. 
Um, and there was also a big demand for goods. You know, people couldn't go on holidays, couldn't spend on services, so they spent on goods, and that's also commodity intensive. So those things could have caused a distortion which uh, fed through into supply chain disruptions and therefore gave us this sort of spike in inflation in the short term. So I, I think we've got to look beyond that. The one thing I am conscious, though, and, and other people may be aware of this, is that the last big mining investment boom we had ended, and of course we all know this in Australia, mm-hmm. way back around 2013, 2014. And that was when Australia was investing heavily in all sorts of mining activity, and of course that was pretty much a global phenomenon. <clears throat> Since then, we haven't had a lot of mining capex, and there is a risk, therefore, that uh, you know we may have seen a longer-term low point in commodity prices, particularly last year, obviously with oil going negative momentarily there, and that we could be into a rising trend. It's just that what we've seen lately has grossly exaggerated that, and things could go down before they then resume that uh, rising trend. And, and if it is a commodity super cycle, <clears throat> we're still probably only in the foothills of it. We'd have a long way to go, but it'll take many years to unfold, um, I think, before it comes an issue. I mean, there's sort of all sorts of things you hear. The average electric vehicle uses four times as much copper as a standard internal combustion engine vehicle. Uh, obviously, massive demand for things like lithium for use in batteries. So, it is quite conceivable. Yes, we are entering a super cycle, but I just caution that the rise we've seen recently could just be a transitory spike, um, partly in the transition to that longer-term cycle. But don't expect commodity prices to just go up in a straight line from here. They may come down, then 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 start trending up. All right. Uh, Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist at AMP Capital, thank you so much for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to talk about the RBA's recent decision and uh, your outlook for markets heading into the second half. As always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these very uncertain times, especially down under in Australia. And we look forward to next time we can have you back on the show. Do stay safe, sir, and uh, have a great rest of the day ahead. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And I hope you and all the listeners uh, stay safe as well through these somewhat uncertain times. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.